Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. One more thing that the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, does is it repeals copyright section 114I, to which everybody went, "Oh, oh yes, uh, section 114I." Mm-hmm. Right. I was uh, I was just reciting that on the way in. Go ahead. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. Who are you? Well, I am Tammy Burns. Where is your chair? You're actually going to stand the whole way through this show well, today? Of course I am. I wow. do it every day. Wow. You're, you're, was this CrossFit for you actually standing the whole way through oh the show? Oh my gosh, shut yes. up. Have you ever heard of, and I know you have because we've mentioned it a couple times in the show, the Music Modernization Act, the MMA? Yes. I have. Okay, and what it was was a bill introduced into the House by Representative Bob Goodlate on December 17th, and then into the Senate by Senator Orrin Hatch by January 24th, uh, night, or pardon me, 2018, and then President Trump signs it into law on October 11th, 2018. Now, sharp-eared listeners to this podcast will say, now wait a minute, you've mentioned the MMA in a couple yeah. shows back. You talked about the Turtles and them so Doing streaming groups and such. Here's the reason I'm bringing it back and the reason I'm interested in doing an entire show on it. I got an email from Todd. Todd, who runs our flagship radio station here on the campus of... Superstar Todd. Southeastern Louisiana University. He's not a superstar, but he does wear a cape. And it's weird walking around (laughs) the college campus. But... He sends me an email that came from the FCC. I believe it was the FCC. It might have been something different, but I think it was the FCC that said, hey, you owe us $105. What? And I went, what, what is this all about? And he said, well, look, I paid the ransom. You may want to think about you, Joe you know, Burns, owe show. $105? I you? personally don't because I'm not in charge of the license of the radio station. I just perform this show. Right. But those who are in charge of the license owed $105. Unless you had an additional streaming service, which Todd does. So he has a, a digital second that he calls the Dirt Road, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing but blues music all day. And if you have a digital a receiver either at home or in your car you can get uh, KSLU 1 or you can get KSLU 2 uh, okay and it's possible to break it up into as many as you want it's just you lose quality after a while normally it's 1 and 2 sometimes 1, 2, 3 but that's about it so he had to pay $105 and then $35 on top of that because he had a second run so here's this $140 why? yes indeed well, why? here's the thing it all has to do with pre-1978 
1972 music and it has to do with the Music Modernization Act. So often you hear about these acts and things like that being signed into law and you never hear of them again. No. You know, the president sits there and signs it nine times with 15 different pens. Yeah. And he hands the pens out and everyone goes, yay, and claps their hands. The chickens are coming home to roost. So I'm going to tell you what the Music Modernization Act is. The fact that Todd did not miss the first deadline. And there's a second deadline coming up. Oh, no. Or all heck is going to break loose. And then I'll tell you the other things that happen with the Music Modernization Act. It deserves a show on its own. And, and that is what I'm actually going to do today. Explain this thing to you and actually what it does. Woo! We care about pre-1972 music. So what I did is I went to 1971 and I, I did, I time traveled and uh, no, I went online <laughs> and I said- It was a great year, wasn't it? Show me the biggest songs from 1971. Oh, I love the 70s. Okay. Uh-huh. And what I'm gonna do is play songs from 1971 because Yay. all these songs and all these artists are affected by what is happening now with the MMA, the Music Modernization Act has to do a lot with copyright, but not completely. So let's play something. Rare Earth. I just want to celebrate. What year? 1971. Here it is on Rock School. about the Music Modernization Act today, known as the MMA. It has nothing to do with mixed martial arts. It however, sounds like it does. However, I'm telling you what, there's a lot of broadcast facilities that have said what you're doing is unconstitutional, what you're doing is wrong, and we're not going to pay the money, which is generally nicknamed the ransom today. Ooh. Here's the general idea, and this is why Todd brought it to me. He okay. received a letter, I believe, from the FCC, and and it said, have you, radio station, been playing music pre-1972? Well, yeah, yeah everybody it's the best does. best stuff, yeah, dude. Who doesn't? The 60s, the 50s, especially an oldie station. Well, here's the thing. Music did not have federal. Federal is the key. Did not have federal copyright protection before 1972. So 71 and back, it was, if copyrighted at all, it was copyrighted by the states. Okay. So the thought process was up to 1972 that if you had a song, it would only get royalties paid to the 
copyright holder. The singer, the musician, the producer, the mixer, all those kind of people would receive nothing. And the reason was because it was believed, or at least argued, that radio airplay would turn into sales, would turn into tickets bought, and the radio was basically a free publicity system. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. So if you're a songwriter and you write a song for, say... Let's see, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. like respect. Yeah. She didn't write that. Right. Okay. It goes to the copyright holder, not Aretha Franklin. She receives nothing for it being played. Now, after 1972, that changes. Okay. The MMA, the Music Modernization Act, has decided to attempt to repair that and will play or will pay the same amount of royalties that songs after 1972 were being paid. Everything previous to it just gets it. Okay? Gotcha, gotcha. So here be the question. Mm-hmm. You've got a song from 1969 and it was a big, big hit. Right. What can you do? Do you just start getting paid now? Or can you sue for Back everything pay? that's before night from 69 and mm-hmm. 70 and 71? I missed a lot of money, right? That's right. Can I sue for that? Yes, I can. Well, no. What? Okay. The Music Modernization Act sent out, the FCC sent out this letter to Todd and all other radio stations that said, if by April 8th you give us $105 mm. or... 35 more for every additional broadcast element. He, yeah. He has a second digital, so he paid $105 and $35, so $140. Bucks. This got him, what do you want to call it, um, protection from any lawsuits from anybody previous to 1972. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so fine. What about people that said, this is stupid, this is unfair, I'm not doing this? I'm throwing the letter away. The FCC came back and said, the next deadline is coming up on July 8th, night, pardon me, July 8th, 2019. And it was, if you have played songs prior to 1972, right now, go from October of 2018. Mm-hmm. That's when it was signed. Okay. Go back three years. And this is not hard for a radio station to do. We keep pretty good records of what songs we play. Yeah. Okay. It's all digital anyway. Right. Go from October 2018 backwards three years, pay us the royalties for that, and you are again protected from the lawsuits that will come. Now, here is the scream. Please. I'm a non-commercial station. Uh-huh. I'm a station that's never played that. I've been paying this uh, you know, all along. Uh-huh. I never stopped paying it. Back and forth and back and forth. And radio stations are losing their mind. Streaming services are losing their mind. According to Todd, he said, you know what? It's worth 140 bucks. He Just cut to a, get out of he it. He cut a check for 140 bucks, and he has paid the ransom. Now, if he had not, he'd have to look back, and now you pay the royalties for three years. Is it worth paying one of those two things to avoid the overt lawsuits you know are coming? Yes. What's that, uh, Game of Thrones? Winter is coming? Yeah. Lawsuits are coming. Yeah, but why? I mean, people can just lie. No, they can't. They can't? No. 
<laughs> it doesn't happen in radio? No. All lies stop here. No. The buck stops here and the lies begin over there. Would you pay it? I would. I would too. If I was you know still why? On, why? Because I'm chicken. That's it. Me too. I, I want as little static as humanly possible. I don't need any waves. So when Uncle Sam puts his thumb on me, I'm like, ah, oh, please, I, right. I can't sleep until I give have given you more money. Right. I would not wait till the July 8th. I'd have done what Todd did, and I would have paid back in April. Here's your 100 bucks. Here's your 105 Here's your 140 You know, 35 if you have two of them. Can I get a receipt them. for that? You do, actually. You do? Who he gives does. the receipt? The FCC, who oh. you cut the money oh. to. Okay. All right. So he's protected. Mm-hmm. But the world is going to come down on all these people and a lot of these radio stations are playing with their licenses because they believe the way the words are written i'm non-commercial i'm this i'm non-profit i'm what have you i don't have to pay those things and i'm telling you what it's going to be dragged through the mud and if radio hasn't had enough punches oh, in the face ouch they're going to get a second so one. the word n-o-n is what they're believing is going to protect them right i think so i think so but it's going to get ugly i believe Anyway, back to 1971, songs that weren't protected but should be. It's Commander Cody. Son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot Rod Lincoln here on Rock School. that I would have paid it too. I just wouldn't want the concern. I'm trying to run a radio station here. I don't need to be, you know, the slings and arrows to no. help other little radio no, stations. No, it's not that much money. Right. You're right about that. I guarantee that 105, they're going to take a percentage of it. But on top of that, they're going to distribute it to people. And I don't know that that's going to be enough to sort of satiate the people from, I get it, 1971. But what if you had a hit in 1962? You know I did. And it yeah. would not be enough money. It wouldn't be for me either. Let's talk the Music Modernization Act. It is doing a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, tell specifically me. Specifically inside of copyright. Here are the big changes. Let's talk about Title I first. There are three titles inside of it. Title I first is the big one. The big change comes inside of this Title I, and that is the idea of giving pre-1972 artists federal protection equal to anyone who had 72 or better in terms of their copyright. 
But see, the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, wasn't the first to do it. This idea was first suggested in the Classics Act. That was brought to the House on July 19, 2017 by Daryl Issa. And then a companion bill was introduced to the Senate by Senator Chris Coons, February 7, 2018. Classics, by the way, is an acronym standing for Compensating Legacy Artists for Their Songs, Services, and Important Contributions to Society Act. Man, that's a fight. Nice word, though. You can remember it. I was going to say, that's walking around the back of the house to find the front door. <laughs> However, there was yet another act that got thrown in at the same time. Mm -hmm. This is called the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act of 2017. However, it went farther than the Classics Act, stating that not just the copyright holder would be paid for the music, but those who performed would also be paid. This is completely against everything radio has done previous to 1972. Right. And I did the same thing. We three times a year because we paid what's known as a blanket fee. We didn't pay per song. Right. We paid a blanket fee. We said to BMI, that's that's who represented us as yeah. a radio station, here are the songs we played. And we would simply denote this song is pre-72. This song's pre-72. And we wouldn't be charged on it. Now, again, we weren't paying per song. We paid a blanket fee. But so, they still made you say this one, the, pull out the songs that were before 72. You still had to say that? No, we did that. Okay. Because what you did is three times a year, we put this together and we sent it to BMI and then they figured what our blanket fee was. Oh, now if, if, it's, it right, was on a rolling scale, huh? Right. If we uh, were a, an oldie station, we never played anything before 1971, we would have owed zilch. But that's oh, not who we okay. were. Yeah. We were half and half. Those two acts, the Classics and also the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act of 2017, were put together, squished into a single act, and were rolled into the Music Modernization Act. And this is where people are getting upset, especially broadcasters. Same thing with television. Same thing with streaming. If it was pre-1972, we don't have to pay anything. Mm -hmm. And that's being repaired. And right now, all broadcast facilities, I know radio at least, is being given the ability to pay the ransom and get lost. Ooh. Todd paid it. I would have too. Let's go back to 1971 again. Gene Knight. Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? Gene's about to make a little bit of money. Maybe. Did Gene write the song? If she I don't know. didn't, it's going to mainly go to the person who holds the copyright. But because of the Fair Play Fair Act, Gene will get a little bit of money. But what percentage? No one said that. Isn't this fun? No, this yeah. is not fun. On Rock School. Get my love, Mr. 
Okay, let's walk away from the 1972 thing because you could spend an entire hour just talking about that and then saying, well, we're going to be paid this or we're not going to be paid this. I have read the MMA. It's real easy to get to. You simply ask for full text of the Music Modernization Act and I've read it, but I don't see any percentages. I don't see numbers. Many, I don't see how it's done. How many pages is it? A lot. <laughs> a lot. There are a lot of synopses of it. So you can find one of those pretty easily. But it, it again, it doesn't get into the specifics. Somebody just sort of pointed a finger and said, you will pay people before 72. Okay, how much? Mm, something. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right? Yep. It says here also, what else does the MMA do? It ends the notice of intent process in copyright you and i have copyrighted what four albums now yeah and what we say is the money comes individually it comes to me or it comes to you and we're supposed to split it well here's the thing the notice of intent letters that were sent to copyright were meant to say whatever copyright i'm going to receive please split it between this person and this person and this person and this person and they were expecting copyright to do it whereas copyright the people of the copyright office obviously they don't distribute but the people who do distribute off of it would basically say, well, we're going to have to we're gonna have to look into those notice of intents and uh, we're going to see about percentages and all of that. And what it would mean is up to a year before people would receive any money. Oh, that's wrong. So the MMA basically states, no, stop all of this notice of intent process. What they would rather is that instead of slowing it down with attemp- by attempting to have the people who distribute royalties do all this... Pick a name, pick an owner, right? and then the owner distributes it. That way there's only one name, one name receives it, and it moves along. So when I receive all of the money from our music... You can just forget it. Which I believe is about 19 cents over the last... It's all hmm, mine. I think we can buy a ton of cardboard for that. Uh, copyright owner is paid, and he or she can distribute it from there, and the whole purpose is to speed the process along. Is it going to be a pain in the butt? Yes. Oh, I can tell. But money will arrive. Money will be sent out. That's where we sit. Who's going to send it out? Why, the collective, ladies and gentlemen. Who's the collective? (laughs) Do they have an office? They do not. But the collective has been created by the MMA. I'm going to tell you who the collective is. Who's listening to us? Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain. Still, it was our second affiliate. It's your fault they still listen. And it's, gosh, I hope so. And it is still running the show. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Coming out of the break, The Collective. Who are they? Ladies and gentlemen, The Collective is a nickname for the Mechanical Licensing Collective. Here's the thing. A government agency previous to the MMA made a decision on what statutory rates would be. And these people were not in the music industry, were not in the streaming industry, were not in any of that. And what they would do is set a number based on what someone else told them. It seemed like a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. So the MMA has moved the idea of how much a song costs, how much a song would be to use out of the hands of a governmental agency, and they have handed it to what has been created as the Mechanical Licensing Collective, or as most people are calling it, The Collective. Now, it's going to be made up of people who themselves hold copyright, people in the music industry, and the thought process is that these people, the collective, will have a better eye on what it will be. Right now, all blanket fees, all fees that you pay are equal across the board. Mm -hmm. But see, there's no equality between a streaming service and a radio station and a television station and somebody who's attempting to create a political something or other online and want to play the Black Keys. Yeah, it's all the same. Right. So this collective is supposed to be able to look at these items and set rates equal to what the streaming or radio or what have you service is. And furthermore... This collective is to oversee a database that is going to be made public. So we will know without having to go through the government, without having to go through Harry Fox, without having to do these things. We will know who owns copyrights of these songs. And through this database, which will be publicly accessible, we will be able to go directly to the person who owns it and say, how much do you want? Taking the government out of the middle. Okay, I like that. ain't a terrible thing. The concern for me, at least with this collective, it sounds like a group of people that can be manipulated. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Eh. 72, one of your favorites. This is a Stan Peters. Actually, it's 71. Sweet city woman. Don't tell everybody what you thought it said. Never. No. Never. Here on Rock School. hour just a little bit late i'm joe burns you are tammy burns let's talk more about the mma the music modernization 
Act. There are two, at least in America, uh, groups that deal with copyright and the ownership of music, the publishing of ASCAP and BMI. What the MMA did was alter how these two groups, which, by the way, are the only two groups. Now, someone's going to say, what about CSAC? You're right. That's in Europe, though. But they work here. Yes, yes, they do. But the fact still remains, they are in Europe, so they are not under our laws. Gotcha. But ASCAP and BMI are. It used to be that ASCAP and BMI were assigned a single judge for the lifetime of their concern to mediate and or make decisions in terms of rates and royalties. Well, the MMA has created something called the wheel. And the wheel, I know, you got to have a cute name. I'm sorry. The wheel is a rotating group of judges from the Southern District of New York. Now, each concern that you have gets heard by a judge randomly chosen for it. Like so, you play in bingo and they put those little balls in there and pull out a judge? Exactly that. Uh -huh. But here's the thing. Uh -huh. It's a good idea because if you have one lawyer for ASCAP and one lawyer for BMI... Wouldn't you think after a while that judge would begin to be in favor because they are aligned with ASCAP yeah. and BMI? Yes, I would. That's what I would think. Mm -hmm. Now you have a rotating number of judges and those judges in terms of rates and royalties can stand more independent rather than being akin to this royalty group. All right. Is that going to work? I don't know. We'll see. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates, May 13th all the way through May 19th. You got Monday, Tammy. Go. May 13th, 2012, Donald Duck Dunn, bass guitarist for Booker T and the MGs, dies at age 70. May 14th, Frank Sinatra dies of a heart attack at age 82. May 15th, 1984, Niles Lofgren joins Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. May 16, 2000, Britney Spears' second album, Oops, I Did It Again. It sells 1.3 million in its first week. That's a record for a female artist at the time. And May 17, 2011, after performing with Soundgarden in Detroit, Chris Cornell is found dead from an apparent suicide at the age of 52. May 18, 2002, the Barry Manilow Ultimate Manilow Special airs on CBS. Barry Manilow was my first concert. It's a good one. It was. I, you know, I, I won't admit it to my rock friends, but you it just was. did. May 19th, 1962, Marilyn Monroe famously sings, Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday. Have you ever heard it? I have. Have you? I have. She says, President. I know. Really? Yeah. President. That's what he liked. Who's the woman sitting next to the president? Oh, it's his wife. Yeah. 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 It's disgusting. She, she didn't expect a thing. Billy Preston, 1971, out of space, here on Rock School.
Coming into the second break, let me throw a few more things at you that the MMA are going to do or is going to do, the Music Modernization Act. If, again, if you get a chance, just simply search text of the MMA. You might want to write in Music Modernization Act. I might Act. get wrestlers, right? Right. You're going to get mixed martial arts. It's an interesting read, especially if you can find something that's a synopsis for it. But I've read the whole gosh darn thing. It says here it's going to establish a, quote, willing buyer, willing seller rate that will require all digital platforms to pay a fair market value for music. I I have a very hard time believing that. Yeah, me too. You're going to tell me a radio station and a streaming service are going to pay, quote, fair market rates when you have X amount of money that you pay to play a song on the radio. And then when you go to a streaming service, it's point zero 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 numbers we've never heard uh-huh, of. Uh-huh. So you have to have nine billion Plays. streams. Yep, yep streams. Oh, here's a dollar. Here's a dime. And, well, they, and they that's the kind of crap they do. They send you a check for a dollar nine. I have, you a, know? I have a friend who's a SAG member. Um, Christina, mm-hmm. and she has received checks for sort of bit parts that she's done in movies. Uh-huh. She received a check for 11 cents. Did she frame it? Yes, that's what I would have done. Me I'm too. Gonna do I'm not cashing that. I'm going to mess them up. Speaking of that, the, the Kentucky Derby that just ran, the horse that won was disqualified. Now, Churchill Downs has said, we'll buy your ticket back and give you up to $10. Churchill Downs is going to make out if it was my ticket, if I had a winning ticket, but yeah. then my horse was disqualified in right. the Kentucky Derby, I would frame that and Me put too. it on the wall. Me too. You're never getting My buddy Bill had a ticket to the Leonard Skinnerd concert that was supposed to happen, except their plane crashed. And he was a young man. He didn't know any better. Did he frame it? No, the Baton Rouge Arena or wherever that uh, yeah, they were supposed to play. Right. They said, come back and we'll give you the money at full face value. Uh-huh. So he and his buddies went and they turned their tickets back in. Oh. And he said about oh. 10 years later, he shook his head and went, what did I do? I had it. <laughs> so, hey, who's listening to us here on this Rock School radio show? KCMJ in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I want to go back there. I want to go back there. Something fierce. I loved our time there. Well, if you leave now. (laughs) You can be there by sundown. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Coming out of the break, one more thing that the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, does is it repeals copyright section 114I. To which everybody went, oh, oh yes, uh, section 114I. Mm-hmm. Right, I was, uh, I was just reciting that on the way in. Go ahead. It allows courts, uh, the 114I, by the way, allows courts to set public performance royalty rates to consider rates for sound recording royalties. Uh, so they're handing that over once again to the collective. And furthermore, through the MMA, it's going to allow testimony on how rates should be set. Oh, my gosh. People who know what they're doing get to come in and say, now, look, this is how you should do this. That was not allowed previous. Wow. The government made the decision. I want to start a gang and call them the collective. (laughs) That's what I would do. I want to hang out with my buddies and call ourselves the collective. 1971, that's when we're playing music from Bang Gong. Get it on, T-Rex, here on Rock School. I said that the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, was in three titles. We talked about the pre-72. We talked about the fact that fair play, fair pay, that's number two. There's more to it than that, but I grabbed the big thing. Now we're in title three. And this is the one that makes me kind of go, I don't know. Under title three. Now remember, pre-1972 and post-1972, to be honest with you, um, if you were the title holder, the copyright holder, you were the one who got paid. So if I wrote the song, but you performed it for radio airplay for streaming, I'm the one that gets paid, not you. Yeah. I understand the idea of attempting to find a way that you get paid. Everybody needs to get paid, As right? the performer. Yeah. Here's the concern. Title three also talks about producers, mixers, sound engineers and their contribution to the creation of a sound record. Yeah, but weren't they paid for studio time? That's the concern. The last, what was it, a month ago, Mm -hmm. my little band went into a studio. We paid the studio. We gave them an amount of money, and when it was all said and done, the person who recorded us and mixed it carried no ownership over the song right you paid me to do a service i did a service and that's that Mm -hmm. we're done not so title three suggests uh, that a sound exchange collective should be allowed to deal with this amount of money now this came from something called the allocation for music products otherwise known as the amp act 
The idea is to acknowledge the tech side's contribution to a song. The idea then further came from the Digital Performance Rights and Sound Recording Act of 1995 and was also codified in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act in 1998. So this idea has been being thrown around since the 90s, but it was codified and thrown into the MMA. What concerns me about it is, okay, here's a song, all right? The owner gets a bit, then the singer gets a bit, mm -hmm. then the guitarist, the bassist, the yeah. drummer, the what have you, then the mixer, the person who recorded you. What about the kid who's being paid $10 an hour to know. go around Give him a dime. and set up the microphones? Is the, I get the concept. We're so good. Everyone should get money. Is a song going to be able to make anyone any cash anymore? I don't that's, think so. That's what always makes me nervous about all of this. The idea of we've spread it so thin that once again, this artist who wants to perform, mm -hmm. can he or she just do the basics of life? I want to make a living. I mean, I don't want to be super rich. I want to make a living. I want to do those dumb things like buy a house, send my kid to college. Well, you better learn how to record your own stuff. Then, yeah, right? pay, the, pay the money so I can you know, make the money so I can actually do this as a living. That's what makes me nervous about all this, that music is going to become a second career or can only be done by the younger people who are able to live on this ketchup soup life. Yeah. You get up into the 40s, you're not going to do that. I know I wouldn't have. At 21, I probably would have driven around in a van my whole day and, and played and played and played. <laughs> I'm 55 right now. I'm not doing that. No, no. Not doing that by any stretch no, of the imagination. Indeed. So there you go. There's a look at the MMA, the Music Modernization Act. Is there more to it? Yeah, but look, I've hit the big puppies. Uh, where it came to roost is with radio. You better pay this ransom or you're going to be sued to death by people who have songs before 1971. If not the people, you're going to be sued to death by the states because that's where the copyright protection right, was right uh -huh, uh -huh. so that's gonna wrap it up i'm joe burns I you am are Tammy burns. let's play one more for you from 1971 the faces with rod the bod stay with me and that's it class is dismissed